The road to consciousness. We will figure out consciousness. Consciousness is the biggest mystery in human history. How are we going to do that? We're going to look at a variety of disciplines and put things into two categories. One, knowledge. That is a justified true belief from epistemology sense. Enough data, enough evidence that tells us, yes, we can classify this as knowledge. And then assumptions. We have to make some assumptions where there's either competing theories or not quite enough evidence to classify as knowledge, but enough that we can go on. Without assumptions, we will go around in circles. So we need to make assumptions. I realized today we may not have been precise enough about the exact problem we're trying to solve here. And any time, I can't stress this enough, any time you're looking at a problem, you should take a step back and ask yourself, is it a problem? Are you solving the right problem? Is it the right time to solve the problem? Um, and what is the exact problem you're trying to solve? Be very specific. So today I want to talk about the exact problem we are trying to solve here. Now, the mind-body problem and the consciousness problem has been in the philosophical realm for millennia. I see a slight difference between the two, although they are fairly interchangeably in general. I see consciousness as a stream of experience that we have. Whether it's subconsciously or actively thinking about it, we just go through. It could be actively conscious, it could be passively conscious, but it's just an experience we have day to day. I'm recording this right now. What is in my mind is the mind versus the body problem. What I'm mentally thinking about right now is part of my mind. Yes, I'm thinking about this podcast. Maybe later I might be thinking about tomorrow or I might be thinking about yesterday or the past or the future. That is the mental realm. Consciousness, for me at least, seems like an experience we just go through life with. And sometimes we think about that experience with the mind and sometimes we don't. So I'm making a slight distinction, but in fact, for this, the rest of this talk, I'm going to use them interchangeably because most likely if we solve one of these problems, we will solve the other. They are most likely a ramification of the same thing. When we say mind-body problem though, it's really asking the question, is the mind something other than the physical brain? That's really the question that we're asking. And does it arise from the physical brain? The answer to date is we don't know. There is two really big camps here. One of them is physicalism or materialism. Again, there is a distinction there where materialism assumes that everything in the universe is material, but physics actually tells us or questions even the material universe. So I'm going to go with physicalism, which essentially is a very similar thing that everything in the universe is made of something physical. When we say physical, physics tells us especially with quantum mechanics and general relativity, two of the leading proven theories that everything in the world is made of something physical. And that physical entities is governed by very specific laws that play out over time. We can measure these. We have a lot of evidence pointing that these laws hold true. And in fact, if any of the constants, I think there's about seven of them, of the physical nature around us don't weren't developed in the way that they did, we wouldn't exist. So everything plays out in a very mechanical way. There are those laws, quantum mechanics laws, general relativity for the big scale, quantum mechanics for the little scale, they play out in a very, very, very specific way, giving rise to not only the ability to have life, but every single thing around us that we see. So a lot of scientists these days will point to physicalism as the way to go. And it makes sense that why all of a sudden would we make a leap of faith to say that consciousness is not something physical? 
Now, we haven't been able to prove how consciousness works from the physical brain, but physicalists will say that it's just a matter of time, that one day we will figure what that is and whether it's a new law that we have to have in physics or it's just a different way of looking at how the neurons essentially interact that give rise to consciousness is just a matter of time. Some have even argued that we need a different branch of physics or a different way of physicalism to account for consciousness. David Chalmers has been beating this drum, the the man who coined the hard problem of consciousness, that we need to extend physics to include consciousness. That's the physicalist realm. The other part, smack bang, is basically dualism. And dualism started with Descartes, with Cartesian dualism. Dualism, though, essentially specifies that, no... The mental realm or the mind versus the body is something something different from being physical. Now, this opens a floodgates of other questions, but it does open the door for either theology, if you believe in God, or mysticism, or something that is non-physical in this world that exists. This is a hard stance to take these days. A lot of people will probably still take this stance. It's hard because then how can something non-physical essentially affect the physical world when we know the physical world plays out very mechanically and we can measure and we can see it and we can do all sorts of physical experiments. What would that non-physical entity of the mind be that affects the physical world? That's really the, the discussion against dualism. For dualism... I'm, ha- I'm having trouble. <laughs> it's, it, how they interact and how they work together is really the open question then. And if it's non-physical, then what is it? And will we ever be able to prove it if it's non-physical? Uh, because we can measure the physical reality around us. How can we measure something that's non-physical? Uh, is it a leap of faith? Uh, what is it? That's really the question against dualism. Now, a lot of people who believe in dualism will say that there is divine intervention that there's theology or there is some other thing that is non-physical in our in our universe but that goes smack bang against everything we see around us and it is a bit of a leap of faith but hey either way neither of these have been proven yet i don't know if it's a matter of time whether we will just figure out ever if the mind-body problem if the mental is really something other than physical so The problem we are trying to solve is exactly that though. How does the mental realm slash consciousness, again, I'm using them interchangeably, arise from the physical workings of the brain? That's basically, and a lot of smart people have been focused on this for a while now. It's been 30 or 40 or 50 years where multiple disciplines have doubled down on this. Philosophers has been arguing and discussing what is in our minds and what is in the ideas and idealism and all sorts of isms around you know, panpsychism, we talked about that consciousness is everywhere, that every every material aspect of the world has some level of consciousness. Um, and then we talked about some of the other theories of consciousness. Like this has just been around, but neuroscience is getting in on it. Uh, cognitive science is getting in on it. Cognitive science looks directly at the mind versus the body versus what's physical. So there's a lot of disciplines now trying to figure this out. And this is why it's the biggest mystery in human history. It's so ingrained in every one of us, yet we can't explain it. <laughs> And it is a challenging problem because from the way I'm looking at it, the emergence principle of what's actually happening in the rational objective reality to what we see and what we can measure and what we can experience, I think it's just such a gap. And if we can ever ex- measure it, that's uh, an open question. But this is what we're trying to do. This is what I'm doing with this series as well. I'm, I'm trying to digest it myself and it's a very difficult and challenging problem and it's not easy, but hey... It's the one I chose. So 
I'm running with the fact that the specific problem we're trying to solve is exactly that. We need to know how the neurons in the brain with the electrical signals and the chemical neurotransmitters and the way they bind and all the hundred billions of them give rise to such a rich subjective experience of life. That is it. That is the problem. We talked about some theories. We talked about some emotional significance theory. I'm trying to come at it from that experience realm. I'm trying to go to the heart of the actual what we're talking about and really what we're talking about is that experience i I still am having trouble wrapping my mind around why we can't experience our physical workings like i can't really think about my brain neurons like i never experienced neurons firing i've never experienced that now i don't even experience a lot of my body and we are a very complex organism biochemical um biology biological organism but we don't experience that in life what we experience is our consciousness it's at a higher level and we talked about the stages especially from the experience to the meaning stage is where the mind comes into it once we apply meaning to our experience that's when we mentally think about what's going on that's when we're able to start manipulating time in the way that hey what's going to happen next uh we're expecting something to happen even at the small scale like when we move around we're sort of like it's ingrained in us that experience of our expectation and then what we're expecting to happen maybe at a later date is part of the meaning phase and that is really our mental realm it seems to have very specifically geared or designed this way we haven't even talked about intelligent design that's another theory that how could something we there's we have 37 trillion cells in our body that is a phenomenal amount of cells that all work in unison if a part of your body is not working the rest of it will probably not work very well it works phenomenally with 37 trillion individual cells all working together to create such a complex organism of your body and your brain. And then on top of that, add the 100 billion neurons that make you function, add on top of that consciousness and mind. <laughs> it is no wonder that people have said this is, has to be intelligent design. If you look at a cell and the membranes and the ionic channels and how it builds the proteins and the amino acids and the 3 billion base pairs of DNA and the RNA and... <gasps> I'm taking a breath because there's just so much to it. There is so much complexity that I do not blame people for saying this has to be some sort of intelligent design. It's almost as if the universe was geared the way it was for us to live. It's almost as if as if the earth in terms of the Goldilocks zone, if, if only a slight variation in any of these, we wouldn't have life. If only evolution went and maybe it did in slightly in so many different ways and landed on us we would not be able to have this level of mind body and consciousness so intelligent design is actually a pretty good way of looking at it but who is that intelligent design <laughs> who is the creator this is is a similar to, to theology which we haven't talked about about having a god out there um we haven't talked about pantheism which is essentially that the god is universe and universe is god and maybe that energy is that driving force and i like energy i mean you can tell by the title of this podcast i'm the energy philosopher i do believe energy is the fundamental base currency of the universe considering it can never be created or destroyed that is just phenomenal to think about if you think 37 trillion cells is a lot imagine the number of atoms in the universe is like 10 to the 80 Imagine the energy stored in each of those atoms and it's just a phenomenal amount of energy to be transferred and not created or destroyed. So I do believe there's something there in like the base rational of rational experience of the universe being energy. But coming back to like theology, sure, there might be a divine creator. Maybe there is a creator. Maybe the energy of the universe with pantheism or pangeism where 
I guess God created the universe out of his own image or out of his own energy and left it, you know, it's a non-interventionist is what we see so far. We don't have any, at least for the last three or 400 years, science has taken over in terms of our rational thinking and mysticism and all of those period before that. Before science, I don't, I don't understand. People believed more in, in, the, in the realm of God and, or gods or magic and mysticism and energy and spiritualism. I still feel like there's a remnant of that with our energy, not necessarily in the mystical sense, but whether you believe in theology, whether you believe in theology, and there is a purpose to everything, uh, again, whether you believe in intelligent design, I mean, it's really up to you. You should believe whatever you feel like is the right thing for you and, and makes you feel that it is a belief and it's something that you hold true to. What do I believe? My assumptions lie more in science. I, uh, I'm, I rarely talk about theology because I think it's a very personal thing. I do like pan, pantheism. And for me, uh, having a level of energy in the universe, and Einstein also subscribed to, who was it? Oh, I forgot. Spinoza's God, which is pantheism. Um, I do feel like that the universe itself has some kind of whatever you want to call it is there we are experiencing the universe in a very specific way we are experiencing life in a very specific way it just it begs almost the questions that we've been asking however regardless of all of that that i just mentioned figuring out consciousness and mind body is something that we should all do it doesn't matter whether it's a, th a theological and divine God. It doesn't matter theology or intelligent design. We are here. We are on this earth. We are living in the universe. And it is up to us to figure it out because I'm not sure of any more important or bigger thing throughout our human history is to understand our experience in life. <laughs> this is why I call it the biggest mystery in human history. So I'm hoping this session we were able to specifically talk about and maybe we weren't specific enough but just to reiterate does the brain itself essentially uh give us consciousness is the physical workings of the brain giving us consciousness and if it does how and if not how <laughs> so that is a problem we are trying to solve